One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. Spring is a great time of year to do some cleaning around the house and clean up your finances. And something else that you can do for your family this spring is shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius as part of your financial planning for the year. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses, things like mortgage payments, credit card payments, car loans, or even college costs. I have a wife and two kids, with a third on the way, by the way, and business partners that all depend depend on my income. So I needed life insurance and Policy Genius made that so incredibly easy. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk to Jeff Rose about the five things you need to invest in to build wealth that aren't stocks, aka the income accelerators. Welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, founder of MasterMoney.co. And today on the Personal Finance Podcast, we are going to be talking to Jeff Rose about the five things you need to invest in to build wealth. If you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram or TikTok at MasterMoneyCo, or you can respond to the MasterMoney newsletter as well. And don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast to. And if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So today I am so excited to invite Jeff Rose on to the podcast because we are going to be talking about the things to invest in that are not stocks that can help increase your income over time. And this is one of the best episodes for you to listen to, especially if you're just starting out, because you need to understand that investing in these specific things is going to change the trajectory of your entire career over time. And this is something that Jeff explains this in amazing detail as we go throughout this interview. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen in and make sure that as you go through this process, think through which one of these should I be doing right now? Which one am I not doing? Which one can I add so that I can accelerate my wealth over time? Now, Jeff is the founder of Good Financial Sense. But in addition, Jeff is also an amazing YouTuber at Wealth Hacker. You can search Wealth Hacker Jeff Rose on YouTube as well. And he's an author of the book Soldier of Finance. So we're going to leave all of Jeff's links down below as well. He is somebody who I have followed for a very long time, and he had a major influence on me early on in my financial career. I used to read his blog all the time and then watched his YouTube channel. And it is one of those things that Jeff is one of the most genuine people when it comes to the finance space. And he is willing to help people and teach people how to build wealth over time. And it's amazing when you hear where he came from in his humble beginnings and how he has actually changed his family's trajectory just by learning how to build wealth. And that is one of the coolest things because you know on this podcast, we talk about the fact that we believe that anybody in this world can build wealth. So if you're at that phase where you are trying to figure out what is my next step? What do I need to do next so that I can maximize my wealth building ability? Well, this is the episode for you. So let's welcome Jeff to the Personal Finance Podcast. So Jeff, welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. 
I am excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So we are so excited to have you here, Jeff, because I have followed your content for a very long time. And today we're going to be talking about income accelerators. And one of the coolest thing about income accelerators is I think this is going to be a life-changing topic for a lot of people once they learn how this works. But first, I want to dive into your story because you have a really cool background as someone who I have learned a ton from over the years. You went from the military to owning your own financial planning practice, and then you have a multi-million dollar online business as well. So can you share some of your background and how you got to where you are? Yeah, first, I'd just like to start off with one, once again, thanks for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here and share more of my story. Um, first, I think people need to know this about me. So my parents divorced when I was young. I was three years old. After they divorced, both my parents, independent of each other, filed bankruptcy, not once, but twice. So total four times collectively. And when my dad passed away about 14 years ago, he passed away with a negative net worth. Uh, my mom is still living, still making ends meet, but has made a lot of poor financial decisions along the way. And I just, I share all of that because that is the financial lessons that were passed down to me as a young child, even up into college. So I didn't have a huge inheritance. I was not surrounded. I didn't even know what a millionaire was. Like, you know, my first car was a 94 Geostorm, I believe. 95 Geostorm. If, if you don't know what a Geostorm is, look it up. <laughs> and it looks like something Ronald McDonald like would drive around in. So that was really like my introduction to personal finance. I didn't know anything about business. So it wasn't until stumbling into being a finance major where I finally started getting introduced to the you know, basic personal finance. Uh, so that was a little bit about my initial journey. And through deciding to major in, in finance, an internship led to becoming a financial advisor. And that's once again, started to learn more about investing and retirement planning and the importance about compounding interest, which once again, didn't make sense to me. I was introduced that little bit as a junior in college, but uh, it wasn't until I started meeting with people that were, dear Lord, 30, 40 years older than me that I saw the mistakes that they had made when I was you know, that age. And all of a sudden, like it's hitting me like, oh, I don't want to become them. Like, I don't want to wake up, be 70 and be like, man, what did I do? And one of the common mistakes I kept hearing people share over and over and over again was, I wish I would have saved more. I wish I would have started earlier. And I heard that at the age of, I think, 24-ish. So thankful that I heard it when I did. And that's when I came really passionate about investing and saving, changing my own life, but also how can I give this information to others that are my age, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger, so they don't fall in that same financial trap that I saw a lot of people I was working with client-wise and also my own parents. I love that. And thank you for sharing some of your background there too, because one of the biggest things that this podcast and our goal for this podcast is I truly believe anybody in this world can build wealth. And that's kind of why we started in the impetus of this podcast at the very beginning. And one of the cool things that we talk about all the time is that no matter where you come from, you can start to build wealth over time. And it's one of the biggest things that you can do to change your family's financial trajectory. And you're a great example of doing that. So as people listen to this podcast, I want you to kind of think through that as well, because we have a lot of people who are just starting out who listen to this podcast or trying to figure out how to build wealth. They came from backgrounds where their family did not have a lot of money or they were not good with money. And so that is the cool thing about as you listen to Jeff's story, he has absolutely changed his family's financial future. And he has done it starting at the age of 24. So a lot of people come to me and they'll say, hey, I'm 22 is it too late for me to get started now? Obviously, it's not. You have a very long time to compound. And that's one of the things that you just have to understand that over time, you're going to be able to change that as long as you have that financial education. And this is part of doing that. So that's one of the coolest things there. So when it comes to some of these income accelerators, income is one of the biggest things that we talk about in this podcast as well, Jeff, because it is something that I think can solve a lot of financial problems for people as long as they know what to do with that income after they earn it. And so it can really change your financial trajectory. So this is something that I really learned early on, and I think it's something that really changed my financial life as well. And the first one we can talk about is you call it accelerated learning. So can you share what accelerated learning is and some of the ways we can accelerate our knowledge? Yeah, so I just want to start off saying like, I'm dumb. I'm, <laughs> I'm a slow learner. I'm stubborn. Uh, I definitely fall into that belief that like I can figure it out like no matter what. And finally, I think after just banging my head against the wall like time and time again, I finally realized, you know, there are other people out there 
that have figured it out probably a lot faster, a lot smoother than I have. So that's when I started just leaning on how can I learn from others? And one of the first ways was that because I mean, I went to college, like, I don't know if that's accelerated learning. I mean, I feel like I was just on a treadmill going nowhere. But when I started allowing myself to first like reading books, which I mean, sounds kind of silly, but the reality is like, you know, if you're reading a book and somebody's sharing, man, their journey and there's from a you know 20 year after the fact, what happened? I mean, like you're getting such a fast track of all the mistakes, all the failures, you know, books, podcasts, courses, um, which is something that I initially resisted for the longest time. And I still hear a lot of resistance on that. But when I start realizing, okay, I can go out and try to figure it out the hard way, or I can read a book, listen to a podcast, uh, maybe hire somebody, a consultant that can fast track that, uh, you know, that learning curve. When I started seeing that as an investment and not an expense, a sunk cost or a waste of time, when I allowed myself, because I think it's a struggle with a lot of people. It's like, oh, they think of investing. It's like, oh, I'm buying stocks. I'm buying ETFs. I'm buying crypto. It's like, no, investing into books or your time into podcasts or courses or anything that's going to advance that learning curve. I mean, that is a huge investment. And oftentimes the ROI that you're getting on that is more than you're going to get in some S&P 500 ETF. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And that is one of the biggest things I did early on as well, is it just the knowledge compounds over time. And the first one, books, is a major one. And it's one that I tried to, especially in my 20s, make sure that I would read at least one business or personal finance book every single week. And I've talked about the systems on this podcast on how to do that. But what are some of your favorite books that have been life-changing that you have read over your career? Yeah, I think Rich Dad Poor Dad was like the very first book I read that really just started to change that mindset. Um, You've got Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Bouchard. And with him, it was really just showing like, man, it is your message that can reach millions and also just showing you the different ways that you can do that, whether it be a blog, courses, podcast, video. Another one that more on the business side was uh, Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek. And I, and I, I love that one for my personal uh, example because I had started my blog, Good Financial Sense at that time, and I was doing everything. <laughs> and I just didn't allow myself to invest into hiring somebody. And because I thought I need to hire a full-time person. I've never done that. I don't know how to do that. And in that book, he talked about, this is, I think, probably the first time we started hearing this term virtual assistants, you know, hiring people from overseas and you know, hiring assistants from the Philippines. And after reading his book, it was, I think within a few weeks, I found my first virtual assistant and I hired her to basically take care of the images on all my blog posts. And I calculated perfectly enough, she was saving me about four hours a week, which I thought was fitting since it was four hour work week. And I could use that time to either write more content or record videos or podcasts or do other money-making activities instead of me trying to find the perfect image for a blog post. So like those were books that I look back either were a mindset shift or gave me actionable items that I could you know basically implement right off the bat and start to seeing immediate results. Those are fantastic books. And we'll link those up in the show notes as well, because those had major impacts. I mean, obviously, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a major one for the financial side. And then 4-Hour Workweek, if you haven't read that yet, that is a book that will unlock a lot of things for you. It's obviously, you're not going to work four hours for most situations, but you can in terms of get a lot of time back so that you can accelerate your path to wealth and a lot of other things you want to do in business, which is absolutely amazing. So when it comes to courses, Jeff, a lot of people, and I completely agree with you as well, I resisted courses very early on as well. Some courses have higher price tags than others, but I have learned more through courses than just about anything else, I think, because it's a way to focus on one specific thing that you need to learn and be able to implement it. They do things where you can just go through the process in a month or so and have mastered some of those subjects just by going through the courses. So if someone is interested in courses, should they be looking towards potentially their business? Should they be looking towards maybe their finances? Or even beyond that, is there courses maybe if you're looking to climb the corporate ladder, for example, should that be something you'd be looking at as well? Yeah, I really just think it depends on where you're at and where you're trying to get to. And I was actually ahead of time thinking about this. And, you know, for me, YouTube has been, you know, this love-hate relationship, you know, where I love doing videos and you got the YouTube algorithm, which we could talk about another time. But going back to my initial YouTube journey, like at the beginning, I was clueless about cameras and, you know, how to even like script out a video and editing. And going back in time, there was a course called, I think it was like YouTube Traffic, no, Video Traffic Academy. 
It was $97. It was Lewis Howes and James Wedmore. And this was probably like 12 years ago. And it was like the best $97 I ever invested because I learned all these things that I just didn't know about cameras and editing and YouTube and just a lot of basic things, right? And with that $97, I went from having literally like no subscribers to eventually reaching almost 10,000. And that, that was like a huge hurdle for me. Fast forward three or four years later, you know, I'm trying new things and it's just not quite working. So then I invested, I think it was $3,500 for another YouTube course. This was Brian Dean's, and I can't remember the name of his course, but it was a YouTube course. And when I bought his course, I went from just under 10,000 and surpassed over 100,000, you know, just under 400,000 subscribers now. But I contribute, like it was his course that showed me like that next step, the things I, I just needed. Of course, there's like six years in between, right? So YouTube also changed how it all formatted. But those are very two clear examples where my goal was I wanted to grow my following. I wanted to produce better quality videos. I wanted to enjoy, also make money on it. So it was very specific what I was trying to get. And both those courses met that need at two different times in my life. I love that. And that is the perfect example of something. If you're trying to master something and you're trying to do it in a way where you want to master it over a specific period of time, that is a great example of being able to do that. If you're looking to do something in your career, for example, you, you look for courses that are going to advance your career. It's going to help you in that situation. If you're looking for it for your business, like Jeff did, then that is the way you can do it as well. So I absolutely love that. And that is one of the fastest ways to accelerate your learning, I think, personally as well. One of the hardest things about managing your money is figuring out where it's all going. And most of us are trying to save for several goals at once, which can feel like a daunting task to see if you're on track or even on pace to accomplishing your goals. But there is a tool that makes it so much easier, and it's called Monarch Money. They help you track your money flow without taking a ton of time and energy. And Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. And you can invite them with an extra account with their own own login at no extra cost to collaborate with you. And Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can create custom budgets, set notifications, and you can set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications. And after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash PFP. That's M-O-N- A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash P-F-P for your extended 30-day free trial. Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com PFP. That's Chime.com PFP. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bankcorp Bank, NA, or Stride Bank, NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com PFP now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. And if you need to hire, you need Indeed because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And they have a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash personal finance. Just go to indeed.com slash personal finance right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash personal finance. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The second investment is one that I'm really curious about. It's one I haven't invested in and it's one that I'm really interested in moving forward. But what made you decide to hire your first personal coach? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, so let's go back in time a little bit. I had started as a junior broker as a, at the financial planning practice. It was a brokerage firm. And the guy who hired me, he was one of the top producers in the office. And I just remember, I don't even remember how it came up. I remember him sharing with me that in you know his seven or eight year career that he had hired two business coaches. And once again, I'm coming from a background where like my dad, he topped out making like $40,000 a year when he was like 55 years old, right? So to hearing somebody paying somebody for a business coach, it just didn't register with me. Like I get, okay, you want to hire a fitness coach or, you know, I get like a basketball coach, but a business coach, like what do they do? You know, I obviously wasn't ready to even understand that. Fast forward several years I'm doing very well. I'm making about $200,000, $250,000 a year with my financial planning practice. And I reached a point where I just felt unfulfilled. I didn't know why. I'm like thinking, gosh, I'm making the most money I've ever made. You know, I just shared how much my dad made. I'm making almost five times what he ever made. I'm in my late 20s. Why am I not happy? And then I just through some chance uh, circumstance encounter, I meet this guy online. And then he just happens to tell me about this coaching program that he's a part of. Not even affiliate, right? It was just something that he just felt compelled to share with me. And it was totally faith or just a huge risk. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to sign up. And this program was called the Strategic Coach by Dan Sullivan. It's still going today. It's a coaching program for entrepreneurs. And it was one of those, I didn't know that I needed it. <laughs> it was just like, I knew that I needed something. And I remember hearing about you know the, my previous mentor, hiring a business coach. I even called him. I'm like, Hey, you know, you told me you hired a business coach. Can you just tell me like what you were thinking and, and what was the motivation? And he kind of shared similar. He's like, you know, I just reached a state of growth where I just didn't really know the next step or where to go. And that's why I reached out to this, whoever business coach he hired at the time it was, gosh, it was around $8,000, which yeah, I was making good money, but to invest, which it didn't, it didn't feel like an investment at that time. It's like, I'm going to spend, spend $8,000. And it's not like I'm getting like a TV or a vacation. It was like four sessions that I had to pay to travel to. Uh, <laughs> there was just a lot of risk um, in it. And what ended up coming out of it was I mentioned earlier how Rich Dad Poor Dad was that initial seed of like changing my mindset. Man, this thing was almost like a complete reprogramming of how I approached business and how I actually how I approached my personal life. And from outsourcing to delegating to uh, how you structured your day and your week and where you focus your efforts and where you get life, you know, from your business. I mean, it was so much that. It was so much that I'm so grateful for the experience. I was in that program for five years and it's been almost 10 years now since that I signed up and it still has paid off dividends to this day. That's amazing. And that is one thing I'm sure it's hard to make that initial $8,000 investment because it's not a tangible thing. So it's one of those things you don't know what value you're actually going to get out of it. So you go through it. But if someone was in your shoes, say for the first time that you heard about that individual that had two coaches and they were thinking through this saying, okay, this is brand new to me. I've never heard of somebody talking about this. Because it isn't something that's talked about a lot, but I think it's something that could be really beneficial for a lot of people. 
What would you recommend to them if they wanted to go out and find a coaching program? Should they look at like referrals of other people? Should they kind of talk to some other people to kind of to get their recommendation? And what should they expect to get out of it um, in terms of value? Yeah, I would definitely say if you're looking to hire a coach or some sort of coaching program, the last thing that you want to do is pay for something when it is out of FOMO. You know, so like if you join some sort of email list, all of a sudden now you've got like this clock ticking down. It's like you need to buy this now. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. You're not in a good place at that point, right? I think about if you are following somebody. I actually just had somebody on my podcast here recently that ended up hiring a real estate coach. And it was so interesting to hear because he had tried out four or five different other side hustles before getting into real estate. And I asked him, like, dude, like, I'm curious, man, because you already spent a lot of money. You know, I don't know exactly how much, but it sounds like you've invested some money. And now you want to hire a real estate coach. And it was somebody that he had followed their content for several years, like watched all their YouTube videos, like read all their blog posts, subscribe to their newsletter. So there already was like that trust, right? Like already there was that rapport for the most part, like one-sided, but either way, it was like, okay, I like what this guy has to say. I've been following his content for a period of time where I feel comfortable. I do feel like this is the next step for me. I am now ready to hire this person as a coach. And I just felt like it was a very level-headed this is seems like the right thing. You know, he talked over it with his wife. It wasn't like, a, hey, I'm going to go do this, you know, ask for forgiveness later type of thing. And I share that because I also have suffered from FOMO and I've got myself into situations where I signed up for that thing that I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then like, you know, $5,000 and three months later, you're like, what the, <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, another learning lesson uh, <laughs> of mine. So I think that's one way, right? It's just like, if it is an impulse, like I need to do this right now or else I'm going to miss out. Eh, not, not really. Like there's always going to be opportunities. There's always going to be opportunities that present themselves. So be patient, make a decision, talk to your spouse, talk to somebody else that, hey, this is, here's what I'm thinking. Do you see any flaws, you know, in my approach here? And, you know, if you can make a decision and you feel like grounded, then I think you're, you have a better chance of success proceeding that way. I think that FOMO side is a great point as well, because I've done that as well on a lot of things where I think it's going to be. And you got to realize, too, a lot of these creators and some of these coaches have really good sales funnels and their job is to sell you on this to get that FOMO into place. But if you think through as with a level head and I love the idea of someone following along with a creator for years and building up that trust so that you understand what they're offering and what type of conversations you're going to be having within those coaching programs as well. Now, typically, are these coaching programs that you've been in, are most of them like group sessions or are they one on one sessions? Um, most that I have been is in group. It can go either way. I will say the thing I didn't expect, right, was like when I went to this coaching program, because I did that for five years. After that, I was in a similar group coaching with Michael Hyatt, who, you know, he's a, an author, former CEO of Thompson Nielsen. And I will say I joined both of those with this. I'm looking to connect with this coach, you know, and the programs or the efficiencies, all the things they're going to share with me. And what ended up happening in both of those was is actually was the people I was surrounded with and getting a chance to learn about where they're at, what they're struggling with, and also be able to share what I'm struggling with. And especially when I could share with somebody, I was a you know, financial planner back in the day, and to share, here are some of my pain points with my business, and I'm sharing it with a dentist or a chiropractor or a real estate person. And like you know, they could give me a different perspective that was completely not in the industry. And that was like so helpful. So for me, I'm definitely a little bit more biased towards having that group session because it's when you get to connect with other people, like there is so much power in that. I absolutely love that idea as well. And building up that community of people that you can bounce ideas off, especially if they're in different industries, because a lot of times you talk to people in the same industry as you, and you may be getting the same answers over and over again. So of being able to do that as well is a major thing, which leads us to the next one. And your third one is very similar to that. It's mastermind groups. And mastermind groups are something that I'm actively searching for as well, trying to find some of those. Because I think a lot of times when we're going through life, whether it's business or our career, you can feel like you're on an island. You can read so many books and you're learning all of this stuff. But if you are doing this on your own, sometimes it's hard to get to the next level. So can you explain what a mastermind is and why they are so valuable? Yeah, no, it's funny because like the... I can't remember who introduced the concept of masterminds to me. But like when I first heard it, though, it sounded very cultish. Like, what are you guys doing in this mastermind? What are you guys talking about? And when finally, you know, somebody else explained to me and like you are just similar. I just talked about this whole group coaching concept is 
you are getting in a group with other like-minded business folks, similar goals, probably different industries. And typically you want people that are in a similar growth pattern. Maybe they're a little bit ahead of you, a little bit behind you, but you're all getting together and just sharing, hey, here's what I'm working on. Here's where I'm stuck. And I've had different formats. And one of the ones I most, I think the one I liked the most was like, hey, we would take, I think it was five of us in this group. And each week we would share like, hey, what's a win you know, for the week and just share something cool that happened and then take like 10, 15 minutes for that. And then the remaining 45 minutes of this call, and these calls could be a teleconference, it could be a Zoom call, it could be a Google Hangout. I mean, it could be whatever you need it to be, right? And the rest of the time was uh, that one person each week would be on the hot seat. And that basically they got a chance to share, basically deep dive into, hey, here's something that I'm working on that I need some feedback on. And that could have been, hey, I'm launching this product or I have this product idea or, hey, I'm going to revamp my website. Will you look at this design and do you see anything? Do you like anything about it? And how you think about to get honest feedback from people that get you, that completely understand you. And most, for the most part, like it's free. I've been a paid masterminds. But if you can find a group that's committed, willing to show up every single week, and I was in probably three or four over the time, and each of them have been valuable in its own way. Once again, it's just that community and be able to be just honest and receive honest feedback. Like it's just invaluable. It absolutely is. And one of the cool things about it is you can help each other solve each other's problems. Like when you go through that process, sometimes when you're on an island like that, you're trying to do it yourself. You only have your own specific opinion. But a lot of times you can help each other. If you're having a really big problem that you're struggling with, you can all kind of work through it together. And if you're like minded or you have people who have the same skill level as you, it's really, really valuable to be able to have that as well. So I absolutely love that one. Another big one that you have, and this is one I get a ton of questions all the time on. So when we have episodes, say, for example, on real estate investing, or if we have episodes where people are trying to figure out how to get their money together, a lot of times people ask me about mentorship. And a lot of people, especially when it's coming to for real estate investing, things like that, uh, they get held up because they think they have to have a mentor up front. But I think mentorship is extremely valuable. And it's one that I had one very early on that helped me through a lot of things and a lot of my process early on. So this is one that obviously we're getting this question all the time. So how or what should you do when you're looking for a mentor? How can you find a mentor? Yeah, I think I also hear this question a lot. And I want to push back a little bit because I think oftentimes when somebody is looking for a mentor, they're just looking for somebody to give them permission to try something. They're so crippled by fear, you know, fear that it's going to fail, that it's not going to work out, that they're not capable or they're not qualified to do any of this. And sometimes they're just looking for somebody like, dude, just give it a rip. <laughs> you know, I think about right. like my kids, like playing a T-ball for the first time, like you ain't going to hit the ball unless you take a swing. And so I get a lot of those type of requests. That being said, like, I get it. You know, like I had that same fear. And initially I was, I guess, fortunate enough where the guy that hired me to be the junior broker, I mean, he was my mentor in the beginning. Similar background, right? Like his dad was a coal miner, you know, didn't come from anything. And then in his early 30s, he's making, you know, half a million dollars a year living in a Southern Illinois where, you know, average salary, median salary is probably like 40,000 or less. So that was the mentor that I needed at that point in my life. Because before then, you know, my dad actually funny, like his, him mentoring me was, it was like a rich dad, poor dad moment where I had an opportunity to go on straight commission and get off a salary. Like I was given this choice and my dad was like, oh, I think you should stay on the salary, which was 18,500, by the way, 18,500 wow. was my salary. And my dad was like, well, maybe you need a little bit more experience before you go off on your own. And then I went to my stepdad and he's like, I think you need to go on commission. Like it was straight up like a rich dad, poor dad moment. And so like, think about that. Like if I would allow my dad to mentor me, I might be making a good 60K a year right now, putting in my time for vacation. But anyway, like, so that was like my first mentor. And then from there, I think sometimes we feel like the mentor is like somebody that we need to like have on speed dial, you know, or in our contacts or on our phone. And one of the first mentors I had, other than probably I want to say Kiyosaki, for some reason, I really connected to David Bach. I think nine times New York, New York Times bestseller, automatic millionaire, and several others finish rich. I think that's one of the books, but there was just something about his story that I really resonated with. And 
so from there, like I remember I was deployed to Iraq and I read Automatic Millionaire like in two and a half days or something crazy. And it was just like, oh, this book is so good. And then this is before my book came out. So I didn't have any books to share. But as I'm deployed, like anybody, everybody knew me as a financial planner while I was deployed. And they would come to me and say, hey, I want to learn about personal finance while we're here, you know, in Iraq for the next year. And it was like, you need to read this book. You need to read this book. Kept getting them automatic millionaire, automatic millionaire. So like in this weird kind of cool way, you know, David Bach was my mentor, even though we had never spoke. I didn't even email him. It wasn't until, gosh, probably... Eight years later, he was a keynote speaker at FinCon, the conference where you and I met. And I got a chance to interview him. And I told him this story about, I read your book in Iraq and I shared with everybody. And it was like this goosebump moment for like the both of us. So, I mean, he was a mentor of mine, even though like we never had any personal interaction. And so I think sometimes mentors, like we can get mentorship from people that we never even speak to, but we can read their books. We can listen to their podcast. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's been, you know, kind of a mentor of mine as well. I've never talked to him. Like we've tweeted at each other a few times, but like these are different places you can get mentorship without having to have that person, like I said, on speed dial. I absolutely love that you brought that up because that is the biggest thing that I see is that you can have a mentor and you don't have to ever meet them because you can spend more time reading somebody's book or listening to their podcast or watching their YouTube video and you'll get more time from those specific individuals than you would if you actually had a real mentor because real mentors, if they're a good mentor, typically they're successful, they're busy, a lot of their time is being taken up in their businesses or whatever else they're doing. But if you have the time to be able to listen to audiobooks or read someone's book or go through that process then you are getting more mentorship than the majority of people would be if they were actually talking face-to-face to to that person. Because typically, like you said before, mentors, a lot of times, you're not going to be talking to them on speed dial. A lot of times, it's one of those situations where maybe quarterly you're having a conversation. So you're not going to get a crazy amount of value out of it unless it's something where you're talking all the time. So I love that that you brought that up as well. Um, And one thing I'd like to share, just because I think this is also important, because I get this a lot too. And I don't know if you've heard this, but it is a phrase It just... it. (laughs) It just affects me a certain way. And it's the question, can I pick your brain? Do not use that question because what I hear, and I don't know if you hear this as well, but basically I hear, hey, I want to take your time and I don't want to give you anything in value. It's like, I just want to take, 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 take. And if you're reaching out for some, to somebody, like, don't ask that question. And just to give you an alternative, it's like, hey, you're somebody that I really admire. I really just appreciate the what you've done business-wise. And it seems like you are 10 years ahead of where I would like to be. If you have some time, I would love a chance just to get to know you, what you're working on. And if I need to pay for your time, I'm more than happy to do that. You know, is that something like interest? You know, just to offer some value, get some words of affirmation as well. But that way it comes across differently than, hey, can I pick your brain? And then when you do set up this call, or this lunch, or this coffee, come prepared with some questions. You know, like, be ready. Almost treat it like you were like a job interview, meaning that you've prepared. You're like, hey, I want to ask some very specific questions and get something out of this versus like, oh, wow, you are so successful. How did you do it? (laughs) So just give you some tips on reaching out to people. Exactly. And that's going to help you get the specifics. And in addition, I agree with you on the pick your brain thing, because that is one thing that I've heard so many different people who are really successful get asked that all the time. And usually they're all turned off by that. That's one of the things that they really hate hearing. So it's one of those things where you want to give value first and be able to do it that way. That's a perfect way to set it up, I think. And then the specific questions are amazing just because you'll actually get the most value out of it if you have those specific questions ready. So The fifth one that you have is building relationships and building relationships is one that I have seen some of the most amazing outcomes come out of that. And it's one of those things that a lot of people overlook in networking and going through that whole process. So why is it so important that we build relationships with people? I just think going back to the whole like pick your brain example, it's like we live in this type of world where we all want success. We all want it now or yesterday. It's just a take. And I kind of give props to my grandmother. I used to call her nanny. And it was just the whole golden rule of like, just do unto others as you would want done unto you. And it's so simple, silly, simple, but yet so effective. And every time I've approached anything in my life, it's like, man, how would I want to be treated in this situation? And when I think about just talking about David Bach as an example, you know, he's somebody that I bought his books. I left him reviews you know, on his books. Like I left comments. I retweeted his stuff. 
And I did all this because I truly admired what he was doing. And I've done that with other people. You know, like it was those when I had my book come out before I was asking people to read or hopefully purchase or leave reviews, you know, for other authors like, man, I want to make sure I was doing the same thing and make sure that I was just doing what I could to serve others. And that was just sharing the information, like sharing their blog posts, their videos, like, you know, on social media and just doing everything I could to lift others up. And so that whenever it came time for me to ask, like, it was just easy, you know, it was just natural because I'd already given my time and effort towards others and just leading with a service heart, a serving heart, excuse me, I think it's just so powerful and just something that gets overlooked so much in this day and age. And one cool thing that you talked about as well is like you and I met at the conference FinCon, like you said earlier. And the cool thing about building relationships, if you go to conferences or things like that, first of all, you can accelerate your learning. But in addition, you can also build these relationships. So is that something that you would recommend is going to conferences potentially to meet new people, especially in a specific industry? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, and I get, if you're an introvert, I'm an extrovert, but I still get nervous trying to introduce myself to somebody else, you know, because there's always this this fear of like, are they just going to look at me like I'm annoying and I'm bothering them? But when I think about all the conferences that I went to, when I was intentional about just introducing myself, you know, like, hey, it's the same thing, right? It's like, hey, it's good to meet you. I really admire you, what you're doing. Really love that video, this blog post, this project, and just get a chance to know them and just be curious, you know, about them. And just that type of strategy uh, has paid off dividends. And just once again, how could I help other people? You know, coming back from the conference you and I met at FinCon, you know, I had people I connected with for the first time there. And then afterwards, like, hey, how can I help you? Anything that you're working on, I, I can help promote. Like, let me know. And I'm happy to promote it. Either bring you on the podcast, bring on the YouTube channel. Uh, There's somehow I can promote you, like quote you in Forbes or, you know, some other publication, anything to get your message out. Because it sounds like you're really passionate about what you're working on. You know, and I get really excited about somebody else's passion for whatever, you know, their work. So anything I can do to help propel them. I mean, that is just that's that gift that keeps on giving. That is the coolest thing about relationships. There's so many opportunities that open up. And it's not just about the opportunities. It's the relationship that you built where you can kind of build things together. And that's one of the coolest things that comes out of that. If someone's heard about all five of these income accelerators now, do you recommend if they're thinking through this and they're like, I'm not doing any of these, I should start going through this process and figure out which ones I need to go through. Do you recommend that they start with one at a time or should they start with maybe a few at a time and see what happens at at that point? Yeah, I think it, you know, it comes down to the ICE method. You know, ICE is like, all right, which one's going to have the most impact? Uh, which one is the most convenient? And what's the one that's like you can have just more emphasis or just something that you can work on right now? And from there, to me, it's like, I feel like books, podcasts are pretty simple, you know? But I think before we even start that, it's what are you trying to accomplish? What is the goal? And you have to almost like reverse engineer, I kind of call it the RAP method, right? Results in advanced planning to where it's like, all right, what is the desired result? What am I trying to accomplish? Okay, that's my goal. Going back to my YouTube example, like, all right, I want to build a YouTube channel. I didn't have like a subscriber goal. I just wanted to start it and get, if I can get to a thousand, that would be awesome. You know, end up getting to 10,000. So the next goal is like, man, I wanted to get to a hundred. So that was the result. And then it was like, all right, reverse engineer, like the types of videos, the thumbnails, the headlines, how I record the content, all this stuff, right? It goes into all the beginning steps. And that's like, all right, that's why the course made the most sense for what I was trying to achieve in that moment. So until you can identify the goal, I mean, you're going to be throwing darts. Something might stick eventually, but it's going to be a whole lot easier when you know exactly what you were trying to achieve. All right, this is what I want. Now, what do I need? So now you can start looking, go into Amazon, start looking at different Kindle books that you can buy, go into Audible, see what books maybe you can download, go into iTunes or Spotify, you know, searching for whatever keyword is going to find those podcasts. And then all of a sudden, man, you just start digesting all this newfound wealth of information that you didn't know existed. And all of a sudden, that's when the energy, all the ideas start coming. Uh, And then all of a sudden you'll just start finding what you didn't even know existed and you start getting closer to the answer, getting closer to that desired result. 
Absolutely. And I know that exact feeling because it just lights you on fire. It's one of the things that just kind of once you realize this new information exists, it makes you so motivated going forward. And it's one of the coolest things that you can definitely do. So one of the things that I want to do is shift gears here because we have uh, questions that we have ask a lot of guests. And it's really interesting on some of these questions. Some of them are deep. Some of them are just interesting to hear the different answers on some of these guests. So what part of your work or life makes you come alive? Mm, it's usually a comment just because I don't get a chance to meet a lot of the reader subscribers in person, but coming back from FinCon, just, it was so <laughs> refreshing to go back. This is a conference I've been going to for like, I think 11 years, but I hadn't gone like the last three years. And there were so many cool stories. And one of them, just to share real quickly was, it was this young man, 30 years old, that tells me that he's been watching my videos since he was 18. And I'm like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool because he's like man when i started watching your stuff like i didn't know anything about finance i was broke i was struggling with debt fast forward he's 30 years old now him and his brother have a financial planning practice uh they currently have 30 employees and they're making a huge impact in their community helping others achieve wealth and it's like it, just to know that i was a little spark you know in the first part of his journey Hearing more of those stories, uh, somebody commented on my YouTube channel telling me how what, same, similar story. They start watching my saw my Roth IRA video, one of the ones I did like 10 years ago. And at that point in time, they were had a negative net worth, hadn't even started investing. Fast forward to today, you know, they have over six figures saved in their Roth, just in their Roth alone. And they're like thanking me for publishing that video. Looking back. I'm glad, I'm glad I bought the $97 course because it was okay. But, you know, had I not had that course, it would have been horrific. But anyway, it just, those are the things that give me life. Knowing that something that I did stirred something up in somebody to take action that now has impacted not only their life, but we're talking generational wealth, right? I mean, it's like this is something that completely changed their life and changed their kid's life. I mean, that's the stuff that keeps me going. I love that. And um, one big thing at for people listening, if you haven't watched Jeff's YouTube channel before, that is one that had a major impact on me as well for a very long time. So it's one that we'll definitely have it linked up in the show notes, but it is one that you definitely need to check out if you have not already, because it is one of the best channels by far on YouTube. So that is amazing as well. From 18 to 30 is absolutely incredible. I love that. So the second one is, what is the best money advice you have ever received? Ooh, that's a good one. It's cliche, but it's only cliche until you have some personal examples, but it is that you are your best investment. Like you are going to get the largest ROI investing in yourself. And you hear that it is stated everywhere. And I go back to the coaching program, right? Like I am my best investment. I invested $8,000 into myself to be a better version of me. And what I didn't share previously was, so I did that after the first year, guess how much my income went up? How much? Nothing flat. <laughs> so I actually, I actually lost my technically speaking because I signed up again for the second year. So now I'm down 16 grand and I've not made any more money. But looking back, what happened was, as I mentioned, I had to reprogram just the way I was thinking and the way that I was approaching business and all this stuff. Right. And so I'm a little stubborn. So it took me a while. Fast forward after the third year of being in that program. So $8,000, I went from making just under $250,000 to making almost $750,000. My income almost tripled. And that is investing $16,000 and not just getting a half a million dollars return. We're talking half a million dollars recurring because I happened again the next year and the next year and the next year. I mean, tell me <laughs> of some stock or ETF or some crypto, some coin where you got that type of ROI. And that's just one example of investing in myself where I've seen that type of exponential return. Absolutely. It's the highest ROI that you can have is investing in yourself. That is amazing. I love that. And then the third one, this is a big one that um, I love to ask everyone. We've had all different people from all different backgrounds on this show. And the answer usually comes back differently for a lot of people. So it's interesting to hear this one. I need to make like a compilation of all the answers in one episode one day. But this is one of my favorite questions. So what does wealth mean to you? Hmm. Guess some good questions. Um, what does wealth mean to me? Wealth means to me is having control of my time. Wealth means to me that every single day I get to take my kids to school. 
every single day I get to pick up my kids from school. I get to coach my kids in sports if they'll allow me. My kids are getting a little bit older now. My oldest is 15. I'm only YouTube certified to be like a coach. (laughs) So that only (laughs) takes me so far. Um, But I have this opportunity where I think about my dad. Like I only played basketball like fifth and sixth grade. And there were some games that he couldn't make it because he was working. And, you know, he was providing for his family. Like kudos to him, right? Well, I get to be at every single game and I get to coach and I get to pick up my kids from school and I get to be present. That is something that, I mean, I've got four kids. So like in my every single day, yes, I get to pick up my kids from school so they can complain because they're hungry and they've got homework. (laughs) Like, yeah, there are some days where I'm like, hell, (laughs) I really have to pick them up. But truth be told, like it is something that just focusing on the gratitude aspect is that control of time get to do what I want. And also like we get to live the life that we want. We take the vacations we want. We buy the things that we want. Uh, we eat out what we want, when we want, where we want, you know, within reason. But it's like we get to do all that without ever having to worry, oh, can we afford that? Like I can't remember the last time before I did something. It's like, oh, man, I don't know if we can really afford that. Like I haven't felt that in probably over a decade. I mean, to me, like that's what wealth is. I absolutely love that answer. And it's the coolest thing what wealth can provide with freedom, with your time and your energy and everything else. It is one of the most amazing things. So, Jeff, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm so excited we got to have you on. So where can people learn more about you, Good Financial Sense, Wealth Hacker, your book, everything else, all your socials, everything? (laughs) Yeah. So goodfinancialsense.com. That is the blog. Uh, You can also check me out, uh, Wealth Hacker. You can search Jeff Rose on YouTube to find Wealth Hacker. Right now, I am really active on Twitter. I have like this re, kind of like I did with YouTube years ago, where I kind of like got in love with it again. Like Twitter was something I loved for a while, kind of take a break. And so if you want to hit me up on Twitter, at J Jeff Rose, that's two J's, J Jeff Rose, same handle for Instagram as well. So hit me up on any of those places. Absolutely. That's amazing. We'll link all of those up down in the show notes as well. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. This was so fun. Thanks for having me. Everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money, but everything in life from travel to starting a business is expensive, which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel all while spending less and saving more. It's called All the Hacks, and it's a top-ranked show hosted by my good friend, Chris Hutchins a financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.